Hello and welcome back to Pokemon Radio. We are your hosts, Derek and Ceci, and thank you for joining us for Professor Oak's Nuzlocke Talk. Now, unfortunately, in unexpected news, Professor Oak is unable to join us this week because... Wait, I think this is a mis... I think this is a typo. He picked England to win the Euros Championship and is too distraught at their loss? First of all, who is rooting for England? Italia all the way. Second of all, Professor Oak is English? Yeah, Derek, I feel like this is a personal attack on your Italian heritage, honestly. Very much. I feel like it's probably for the best that he's not here. You know what? Maybe it is. Also, if y'all didn't see, the best part of that entire game, but other than the fact that Italy won, was the couple that was dressed as Mario and a pepperoni pizza. Because nothing is more <laughs> nothing is more Italian than Mario and a pepperoni pizza, apparently. So it was wonderful. It made me very happy. So, you know what, Oak? We didn't want you here anyway today. You can come back next week when you're done talking about your tea and crumpets and stuff. Now, we left our trainers after defeating Erica at the Celadon Gym last time and getting their fourth gym badge, setting off to further investigate the activities of Team Rocket. And it's still kind of weirded me out that little kids are trying to take down a whole criminal organization. But there's so many exciting things to come. We won't think about all the negatives. Isn't that right, Ceci? Yeah, like, no adults seem to be concerned about this at all except for that one secret agent on the ssan who like we agreed was not really doing a great job either it's weird i'm thinking that maybe the poke universe and i'm not really into poke politics and such but maybe they're just a little ahead and they've fully defunded police because that's what it seems like because these people are just running around doing stuff and nobody's stopping them I mean, we'll get into some details during the course of the episode, but there are no repercussions at all for what Team Rocket does. Because mm-hmm. they're not even sneaky. Like, they're just running around town yelling, yo, I'm Team Rocket. Yo, we're doing this. It, they're very sloppy. I mean, yeah, they're so sloppy that 10-year-olds have figured out their game. Like, <laughs> This is true. And not the smartest of 10-year-olds, but we'll get, we'll get into that in a second. Now... Celadon City is where we left off, essentially. We did a, we go we go ahead and there's a lot going on here. Really the two biggest cities or two of the bigger cities in Kanto are here. And it, it's kind of exciting that we're gonna go ahead and get into these. I'm a city person. I don't really like the whole country and backwoods of some of the rest of the Pokeverse and the woods and all that. I'm no. a city folk, so I, I like that. I will always say living in a city is the most convenient because you're 10 minutes from literally anything, food, nightlife, water, trees, whatever. Anything you want is right here very conveniently. If you live out in the sticks like my parents do, it's literally like 45 minutes to get to a grocery store, you know? like Very true. And you don't have to live in like Pallet Town. Three people. What are you going to do? Let's say you don't like someone. You only got two people left, and you're one of them. You got one person. Not a fan. I guess that's why you get Pokemon and leave. <laughs> Pokemon are your friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only friends you'll have out there. Sorry, Pallet Town. I, I live there. I probably shouldn't say that. So let's get, let's get into the adventure now. So apparently there's a big thing near Celadon that Boo just had missed, and Dino was much more observant and was able to find. Oh, Dino, I think... Since the Cerulean City runaround of going back through Mount Moon a second time in Diglett's Cave turning out to not actually be that helpful, 
had his sights set on fly. Like, he had a bird Pokemon. He literally has a Pidgeot, Tarot 2. We, lo- we know him. We love him. And he's like, you're a bird. Like, why can't you just fly me around? And Pidgeot or Pidgeotto is just like, Pidgeotto. Pidgeotto. <laughs> yeah, he can't talk. But, like, you know, I don't know. In some way, communicated to Dino that he can't just, like, pick up a 10-year-old and fly. He has to, like, be taught a Pokemon move that would enable him to do that. Which, like, absolutely doesn't make any sense. We're not here to debate the mechanics of HMs. But, like, we're here. We recognize that none of it makes sense. So, uh, after getting out of Erica's gym, Dino beelined it west of Celadon um, to do some more exploring, came across this uh, cuttable tree, and was like, well, I found some pretty good stuff the last time that I cut down these trees, so I guess I'll do it again, and found this, like, hermit's house of this woman who was just like, why are you in my house? I maybe thought that Dino was like trying to rob her. I don't know. Definitely was like not into the situation. And I was like, honestly, thank you. Because so far, every single house or room that these children have gone into, no one has seemed at all like concerned or a phase that they are there. But this woman had the appropriate reaction of what the fuck are you doing here? And just, like, threw the HM for fly at Dino. And he was like, oh, sweet. And bounced and, like, traumatized this woman in the process. It's like positive reinforcement. You can't be giving kids stuff for breaking into houses. But I will notice, redirect. I'm going to send a little note to, to Boo just to make sure. Because that's an important, that's one of the more important discoveries that he can make. Because walking, look, I'm tired of walking, not to be a bum. But, like, I'm trying to run a ride, I should say, on Bugis's Pidgeot as much as possible, or Pidgeotto, wherever it's at right now. I don't want to walk anymore. I'm walking too much. Yeah, he needs to get that. I'm tired of it's a big continent, and I'm not trying to traverse it by foot for the next however many months we have. Yeah, you're not the one training for a marathon. No, no, no. I'm doing the opposite. I am <laughs> trying to make sure I never, because if I'm in shape to run a marathon, maybe I'll be tempted to, and then if I do, I will suffer and be in pain. So I'm going to make sure I'm not, and I'm just never going to have that temptation. <laughs> so let's go ahead and jump into some stuff that Boo just did experience. And one of the cooler things in Celadon is the Celadon Mansion. Um, very meta. <laughs> there are – it was weird because we're talking to these people. Are they God? I was confused because they're talking in a weird way. We walk in and there's all these like nerds at computers and stuff. And they start telling us like, oh, we designed you. Oh, oh we- Yeah. <laughs> Dino only talked to the one that was like, I'm a character designer, like, I designed you. And Dino was like, this is a horrible way to find out that I was an IVF baby. And listeners, I could make that joke because I am a test tube baby. But Dino, I I don't know if he is, but like, woof, did not like that. Boo just didn't understand any of it. Boo just was just like, oh, cool, cool, cool. Let's go to the roof. And just started running upstairs. He really wanted (laughs) to get to the roof. I, I don't know why. I think he saw like little trees and stuff on the roof, so he was excited. But I was asking questions. Boo just ran his little ass to the roof. I was asking a lot of questions, and I was very disturbed. Apparently, none of this is real. We are all in a simulation. I'm concerned. This, honestly, we should do a whole episode just about the fact that none of this is fucking real. Why did? Why has no one told us this? I think, first of all, Derek, you need to calm down. I think that someone pulled one over on you. <laughs> like, you walked straight into a troll trap. They were very convincing. Man, you've been spending too much time with Booches. You're now seeing conspiracy <laughs> theories everywhere. Y'all know Supernatural, one of the best shows in the Pokeverse. And 
it's like the dude who's writing the stories and knows the future and all that. And it's like, yeah, some shit like that going on. So I'm interested. Maybe I can know some stuff about myself I didn't already know. Oh, God. What's his name? I was like just Dan trying to figure or out. Keith or something totally normal. <laughs> Dan or Keith. Yeah. Let's call him Brevet. Brett. Brett. That's a normal no, name. No, we can't say Brett. That's literally my twin's name. That's what, that's why I said it. I couldn't, think of a, I couldn't think of a name. That was the first thing <laughs> that came to my head. Yeah. Okay. We'll forget about that. I'll forget about my existential crisis. We'll, we're not here for us. We're here for, for Bugis and Dino. But you keep going through there. There's lots of interesting things. Now, Bugis was really confused. Again, this is a big city. Bugis isn't from the city. Bugis was very disappointed to get to the top floor and realized there was no roof. It was a different building. So Bugis left very sad. But he was able to get one thing before he left. And it's an Eevee. Which, unfortunately, based on Nuzlocke rules, he was very devastated to learn he's not able to use. But that's still freaking awesome. Eevee is just one of the coolest Pokemon in Kanto. Like, Dino talked to this guy and, like, thought that maybe since he had a full Pokemon team, he was not actually going to be offered the Eevee. But, like, Eevee was just sent to his box. And he was like, I guess you can just, like, chill there. Like, you're not a dinosaur, clearly. So I'm going to know not to pull you out if I need a new Pokemon. So enjoy hanging out with my dino friends. Yeah, I was, I was, I wanted to steal it so bad. I was like, ooh, I love. Y'all, Vaporeon is one of my favorite Pokemon to ever exist. And I was like, I kind of want one. He's not going to use it. Can I do? He won't notice it's not in his box, but I held back because I didn't want to steal from a 10-year-old yet. So that was a... That I was... feel like, unsurprisingly, of the original three Evolutions. Wait, I want before I say unsurprisingly, which one do you think is my favorite? I would have guessed Vaporeon. Jolteon. What? You're the fish Spicy lady. boy, yeah. Wow. No. That, I did not see that one coming at all. I, I oh, I love a good glass cannon, Derek. Wow, shock! I have yeah. I don't even know if I can continue right now. You are the water Pokemon person. This is weird. Although to be to be clear, it's not my favorite evolution. Just like of the first three, so mm, okay. we have like several more adventures to have before we get to my favorite. Most definitely, yeah. We have we have quite a few more adventures. So I will say the Celadon Mansion. Adventure didn't last very long for me because, like I said, Boo just got to the top, saw he was in the wrong building and there was no roof, and booked his little ass straight back out. So I had to catch up. Like, I was literally having this existential crisis. So I got the Eevee, and then I had to book it to catch him because he was just running, trying to find this little rooftop hangout. Uh, I don't know if Dino spent more time, but we made it over to the department store pretty quickly after. Yeah, I would actually say that being gifted the Eevee sort of prompted Dino to realize, like, oh, wait, I am a trainer who is in need of not one but two evolutionary stones like thank you for reminding me of that and also made his way to the department store there's so much in there there are so many things to buy and Bugis was surprisingly responsible when i when his little ass walked in there i was like he's gonna blow all his money i'm gonna have to start spotting him for like potions and stuff (laughs) because he does not seem like the self-control type but he did really well i I think all he bought was he bought a poke at all because he did give in and was like that thing looks cool as hell so he bought a poke at all, which I couldn't blame him for. It was kind of adorable. Uh, and I think he bought maybe some potions and, and like great balls and just basic stuff, like just the basic stuff you need. So I was I was impressed. That is surprising. So Dito also bought a poke doll. His was a Clefairy. Ooh. What did Boo just get? Boo just got a Lickitung. Aw. Which okay. is kind of why he bought it. Boo just is a big fan. I don't think he's ever seen a Lickitung. And when he saw it, he was very intrigued by it and was just like, 
just staring at it in a very weird way. I'm hoping we could find a Lickitung at one point because I think he didn't know it existed and now he's just like confused by what this giant tongue Pokemon is. Oh yeah, I'm very into that. Um, and then, as I mentioned, Dino also hit up the Evolutionary Stone counter. He got a Leaf Stone to use on his eventual, uh, well, his current Weeping Bell, eventual Victory Bell, and got Ooh. a Fire Stone for his Vulpix to be Ninetales, which I Ooh. think we covered in the last episode, but. That is amazing. So, I, I did skip that. So, yeah, Boo just did buy a Leaf Stone. For his uh, Gloom. So he hasn't mm. used it yet because he's kind of gotten attached to Gloom. Blueberry Yum is kind of his boy right now. He doesn't want to go ahead and evolve it yet. He's got that attachment. So we haven't, I haven't seen him use it just yet, but he does have that Leaf Stone handy. I think if he ever gets kind of into a tight spot, he might give in and, and let his Gloom evolve. Yeah. Uh, Dino did hang with Weeping Bell for quite a while, but uh, spoiler alert, he did evolve it. So in this episode, so we'll get to that. Oh, Victory Bell. Talk about my favorite Pokemon ever, Victory Bell. Oh my gosh, one of the. Ooh, I love that Pokemon so much. So freaking cool. Okay, so then we finally got to the roof. There was a roof. He found the little rooftop hangout spot, and that was a nice. That was a nice spot. It brought me back to my Miami days. It felt like one of those little brickle rooftop pool situations. You got a whole bunch of vending machines, some, ta- some chairs and stuff. It was really nice up there. Definitely one of those bars that has, like, the frozen drink machines that, like, you don't really know what's in it, but it's a fun color and boozy, so you're for it. 1,000%. It was wonderful. And <laughs> Boo just was feeling like a little... He saved enough money from the store that he was just... There was a, a girl about his age up there. I guess he was trying to throw some, like, spit some game and stuff. He was buying her drinks. And it's funny because, like, <gasps> buying, buying someone a drink, he was, like, soda pop and fresh water and stuff like that. And oh. he was buying drinks. He was just like, hey. I think he was, he was singing the T-Pay song, just to buy you a drink. And he was just just literally. Just, I do know that one. Hey. I'm going to buy you a drink. Ooh. Ooh. I'm going to take you I'm, home with me. I got money in the bank. <laughs> This is just this is now for now on just a music podcast. Um, but yes, he he bought he was buying her drinks. It was really funny and just she was giving. But she was like, I guess she, I think she didn't want to feel like oh I'm not letting you buy me a drink. I'm not interested. Let me give you something back so it feels more fair. And that was the deal. And so he was getting all types of stuff back. So it worked out pretty well. Well, good for her because that lemonade is good. Oh, so good so shit. freaking good. One other thing that I kind of had to so I did intervene here. I probably shouldn't have, but. I was not going to make it. I did not want to walk up these stairs again. It wasn't <laughs> going to happen. We've been seeing thirsty-ass guards every day, every time we try to go anywhere. So after he finished getting rejected, I was like, Boo, just water guards, like kind of giving him a wink-wink. Um, so he did buy some extra water that we can give to these guards so they can stop being such assholes. Like, we're just trying to cross. I don't understand how thirst has anything to do with your ability to let us through. But hopefully now they'll let us through. I don't know if one bottle of water will somehow be enough for, like, ten guards, but we'll try. Dino stocked up on fresh waters here. Uh, he's a very big proponent of proper hydration. Folks, if you're listening to this now, not if, because you definitely are. Otherwise, you wouldn't hear me saying this. <laughs> go drink some water. I promise you need to go drink some water. Like, just full stop. All right. We've all had some water. Come back. Back to uh, the water person. Yes. So he was also just sort of like handing out drinks left and right. Um, everyone got a fresh bottle of water, ice cold, whatever. At this point, 
Dino was like rolling in cash. I don't know about Pooja's, but he had like 90 grand and he was like, oh, wow, I had like no money and now I have all of the money. Like, it's going to be my personal mission to make sure that everybody's well hydrated. So no one's getting <laughs> heat exhaustion on my watch. So he did pick up a couple of waters for the guards. <laughs> and now for a quick word from our sponsors. When you're looking to make your next move, whether it's personal or professional, consider the Celadon Mansion. This multi-purpose real estate is zoned for partial commercial use, making it the ideal location for your next apartment, office space, or maybe even both. Nestled in the heart of Celadon City, this building is within walking distance to both the shopping district and nightlife, yet retains that neighborhood familiarity you might more closely associate with Pallet Town. Stop by for a tour today and see all that the Celadon Mansion has to offer you. Now back to our show. I'm not much of a gambler myself, but Celadon Game Corner is kind of legendary for being the gambling spot in Kanto. Uh, Dino went in, and he was like, I am a child. I do not belong here. All of you are making horrible decisions. Didn't talk to anybody. Did not try to play any of the slot machines. And just, like, beelined it for the shady guy standing in the back of the store. This rocket grunts everywhere in these cities. And I guess it makes sense. There's more crime in the cities and all that, whatever. Rocket grunts are everywhere, and Boo just did a similar thing. He was kind of sketched out, made very uncomfortable. There was smoke everywhere in the casino, probably some prostitutes, definitely some cocaine, just, like, left out on tables. Not the place for a 10-year-old. I was surprised they didn't, like, ID or anything. Like, it was just straight up, like, you're a 10-year-old? Whatever. I'm so proud of our boys for not wasting any time in here. Yeah, I really, I was kind of worried, because it's one of those things that's, like, if you experience that as a 10-year-old, how are you going to react, especially with how much money these kids have? And maybe if they stopped, they would have gotten addicted and lost all their money, and that would have been a terrible thing. But thankfully... I can tell you what happens if you're a 10-year-old and exposed to this. You grow up to be radio hosts because <laughs> back in our day, Derek, don't tell me you didn't spend hours playing the casino as a kid so that you could get your Clefairy or Tratini or Abra or whatever. Let's just say I was exposed to the booger sugar way earlier than I should have been <laughs> in these casinos. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and pretend I didn't say that and move on and get into the real reason that we needed to be in this game corner. And you're right, it's the shady people and not the regular shady people that have not moved from their seat in 12 hours. We're talking about the shady people in the back that weirdly were like babysitting this poster. It's it didn't make sense to me. There's this, like, poster, and they're just standing there. And Boo just wants to investigate. And there's a very poorly hidden switch behind this cheap-ass poster. And I was very confused. Oh, yeah. Like, you walk up, and this poster's, like, not even well adhered to the wall. It's kind of no. fluttering. Because this is the only place in the room with any ventilation. And, like, you can fully see this push button as you approach. And this rocket grunt is standing there, like, do not look behind the poster. There's no button here. It was so raggedy. Like, it was very clear that this poster was constantly being folded back. Like, y- y'all, Team Rocket, I know you're not the brightest, but bruh, like, do something to conceal your secrets. But either way, even Boo just took 12 seconds, pushed the little button, and then a doorway opens up. Like, I, I realize that there's a lot of money laundering and stuff in cities, but, like, the casino, did they have to be that obvious? They couldn't have picked a different building to try to, like, have a secret hideout? Like, are you just, like... 
nobody is dumb enough to make their secret hideout an actual casino. Like, no, like, really. I love that Fujis and Dino both were like, ooh, here's this button. Better push it. Like, you don't know what that button does. Like, <laughs> that could release a noxious gas that kills all of the other gamblers. That could, I don't know, shoot off a rocket. Like, we don't know what Team Rocket is trying to do here. You're just going to fucking push a button? You make a good point. I don't even think about that. I was I was just kind of, I'll be honest, I was distracted by all the happenings. I was so concerned about this, like, very completely obvious, like, not at all hidden button that was almost, like, reverse psychology of, like, we want you to press this, but we want you to think that we don't want you to press this so that you will press it and bad things will happen. You know, that's why they're good at being adventurers as kids. They don't overthink things, which is probably <laughs> not great, but it worked out for them this time. So... We end up in this weird, and I, I kind of was trying to sneak in after him. Look, I don't have a little Poke army with me, so I'm not trying to get, like, in a fight with Team Rocket. I'm trying to do the whole, I'm the media, I'm a neutral party, neutral third party type deal, so they don't beat my ass. But I was kind of nervous, so we sneak in, and I'm just letting Boo just do his thing and kind of take out the, the Rocket thugs ahead of me. But it was a lot, like, swarming. It was like a little anthill, but with Team Rocket people. Yeah, I guess this must have been the center of their operations. Um, I don't know what their operations were, other than to, like, be bad people. Like, I'm still not really sure, like, what their goal here is. Oh, what is what is the end game there, Spence? Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Uh, all I remember is we got down into the basement, and there were all of these spinning tiles that, like, spun you across the room you had like no control over what was happening it was honestly quite impressive technology but like we finally get to the end of this spinning tile puzzle me following dino through and all that's there is a moonstone and it's like we went through all of this trouble for a moonstone which we already have like 12 of you can go mine your own moonstone at mount moon and, like, Dino doesn't have any Pokemon that can evolve with the Moonstone. Like, why? What? Why is this here? So I was, like, very nauseous at this point. The motion sickness was setting in. So I was yeah. like, look, there's this elevator here. Come back when you have a key for it. Like, I'm going to just chill here. I think you rubbed off on me a little bit, Derek, because I just let Dino go and then, like, took his word for whatever else happened. Yo, I, I did was, the like, same thing. I use motion sickness as my excuse, but I was kind of scared. I was like, bro, these people, it's a criminal organization, and I have nothing to defend myself with. Let me just hang out by the elevator. I'll pretend to be, like, a little scared worker. Perfect, because I am not trying to get my ass kicked, and that was kind of my main and only concern there. Like, I guess there's not much that we observed other than the screams and cries of pain from what Bugis and Dino were doing, because... From what it sounded like, Bujus was kicking some ass. His team was not was taking no prisoners. His Charmeleon was burning the shit out of these Rocket members. And, like, normally I'm like, bro, like, calm down, stop beating people up. They deserve it. Didn't even feel bad. At one point, Dino came back to check on me, I assume. And he was like, all right, like, let's go. And I was like, do, do you have the key to this elevator? And he was like, oh, man, I forgot. And he had to double <laughs> back to go find this lift key. It, it took, I will say, yeah, it took a very long time. I was genuinely surprised. I was sitting there for a while. I, yeah, it was, uh, took a minute, but you know what? Again, little kid trying to take down a criminal organization, basically on his own. I'm not going to get mad at him. He, he did his thing because before he got finished, he did come back for me. And I was able to witness someone who I never wanted to witness. And that was Giovanni. Giovanni is a very terrifying figure. Like, basically the most stereotypical mob boss, also definitely Italian, so maybe 
he should have been in a bit much better mood after the the Euro Cup win. I don't know why he seems <laughs> still seems so angry, but Giovanni is a very menacing person, and for ten year olds to be taking on one, but you should not be fighting a ten year old. I don't care right. what they're trying to do, like just leave. Or, or find if a ten year old takes down your whole organization, get a better better organization. You should be ashamed of yourself. Like, but, make no mistake, this is a full grown man. Like, yes, grown Tony ass, Soprano, full grown man. Grown ass man definitely puts hits out on people. These ten year olds are real bold. I don't know what they're thinking. Apparently, they just feel safe running out. I, I, I don't like. Well, Bujis has Ratata. Oh, Ratata is <laughs> he's got a bodyguard. You're right. So maybe I don't think oh, I can confirm. Giovanni doesn't want any part of Ratata because Ratata, oh sorry, Ratata was kicking ass, bro. Like just knocking people out. Giovanni's team really didn't stand much of a chance, which I was kind of like, bro, you're a kingpin of a drug organization or Pokemon. I don't know what you're doing. Doing some stuff, maybe Pokemon candy. I don't know what it is. Either way, you got your ass kicked by a 10-year-old. Thoroughly. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly don't remember what Dino did. I assume it was some combination of... War Turtle Hypno situation. Uh, it was a blur. <laughs> it was a lot. Yeah, I, again, it was more cries, screams, and then I saw Giovanni running afterwards. He he said made some excuse. I, I forgot what he said. I think he said something about, oh no, I stubbed my toe. Ah, uh, no, it's just and then just ran. Um, but yeah, and like I feel like our listeners are gonna be concerned that we're not holding up our end of journalistic duty and reporting, but like this was the most anticlimactic fight I think I've ever seen. And that's saying something considering the fights that we've had with KPG Asteroid and Ass Face thus far. Like No, yo, y'all y'all wanna call us out. You go stare face to face with the head of a criminal organization and try not to laugh as a ten year old kicks his ass across a room. I'm not doing it. He might not kill a ten year old. I don't know what it'll do to me. I, I love water Pokemon, but I'm not trying to be sleeping with no fishes here. I don't want <laughs> any of that smoke. No. So sleeping I don't with even, the magic carbs? Sleeping with the magic carbs. I'm not trying to catch any of that. So I am <laughs> proud to say my scared little ass was hiding as all that was going down. We did, in Giovanni's escape, get the self-scope from him. So oh, if we wow. recall, yeah. that was what our boys needed in... Uh, Pokemon Tower to unmask these mysterious ghosts that were floating around. See, I wasn't even my. I was so concerned on running out of there because I was I was trying to cover my face. Like nobody, they have security cameras. I didn't want them to recognize me. Yes, that did happen, which is obviously important. But my life is slightly more important than Silphscope. I'm sorry. So we'll take that Silphscope and take it on over to Pokemon Tower and. As we get over to Pokemon Tower, so if we remember, we were there obviously previously, and there were all these weird unidentified ghosts that were kind of creepy as shit that were just like whispering stuff and like floating around and some possibly possessed people. But now that we have Definitely the Silphscope, possessed. It, it took away some of the mystery, at least for, for Bugis. They were all just a bunch of Ghastlies and Haunters, which I love Ghastly and Haunter, but way less terrifying than like a, a ghost. I mean, they are ghosts. <laughs> But they're like cute ghosts. Like, I want to pinch no. a little Gasly's misty cheeks. You're very wrong. You're wrong for that opinion. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, you know what it is? I thought they were human ghosts. I should clarify. Pokemon ghosts, I think, are kind of adorable. Human ghosts, I, I don't like live humans. Why would I like ghost humans? That's fair. Did Boo just catch one? N- no, actually. Um, 
Bujis was more scared than I was, I'll say that. He felt fine about, like, ooh, Mystery Ghost. For whatever reason, Haunters and Ghastlies, they're little tricksters. And they were kind of just making fun of him. Like, they were, it did they not go They are well. little tricksters. They were just taunting him and laughing at him. I think he might have thrown one Pokeball at one point, and they, like, dodged it and were, like, literally rolling on the floor crying, laughing. And Bujis kind of got sad and just trotted away um he was kind of too dejected to actually catch one which i felt bad but he's very set on his team now anyway so i I think he's okay but it was definitely a a a moment he wasn't proud of to say the least well i think despite having procured fly and finally gotten a flying type move for tarot 2 dino's still not really sold on bird pokemon i think that he's still sort of debating that last team slot so he did catch a ghastly at level 21 named uh therizinosaurus therizinosaurus don't know how that's pronounced but it's got these gross freddy krueger scary hands like haunter does so very fitting name hey i like it yeah so We'll see if anything comes of that. Uh, Tarot 2 is definitely, like, making progress uh, with Fly, but uh, has not secured its spot just yet. I got you. I got you. Yeah, I, I, I was I was actually kind of rooting for Bujis to catch. I love Haunter. is one of my favorite Pokemon, personally. So I was very much rooting for him to catch one. Um, but I felt bad. Yeah, he's just, I think, after the amount of bullying he received by these Pokemon, having it on the team would not have gone well, so... So as we kind of keep going, we had to make our way back to the top. There really weren't that many Ghastlies and Haunters. I was kind of surprised. It was relatively empty. It was kind of a ghost town, all of the pun oh, intended. Dino is very repel happy at this point. <laughs> okay, so he was even more prepared. So yeah, we got our way to the top. And in an exclusive interview, we were actually able, to, with our field correspondent, Gabby, to sit down with the ghost of Cubone's mother, Let's check this out. I don't think anyone has been able to interview Marowak before, so let's just jump straight to this. A quick break, and we'll be right back with the show. Hi, folks. Field correspondent Gabby here with a very special guest. We're so lucky to have her. Please welcome the ghost of Marowak. Metal! Marowak! Hi, Marowak. Thanks for being here with us today. I just have a few questions for you if you've got some time. Metal, metal, whack, whack, whack. Great. Uh, can you please tell our listeners, why did you choose to come back to Pokemon Tower? Metal, whack, metal, metal, whack, 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 metal, whack. I see. Is there anything you'd like to say to Cubone as they grow older without you? Metal, whack. Mero, 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 whack. Mero, mero, whack, whack. Mero, whack. Mero, whack. Gosh, that's so insightful and moving. I'm sure that they'll treasure that for years to come, thanks to your agreement to go on this show. Uh, finally, no hard-hitting question for you, but we would just like to give you the opportunity if there's anything that you would like to say to the members of Team Rocket who are responsible for your kidnapping and untimely demise. Fuck you! Now back to our show. Wow, that is an illuminating interview. That is some shocking 
Shocking stuff Marowak just said. I can't believe what I just heard. I wonder if that's the first instance of a Pokemon interview or, like, a dead Pokemon interview. Like, this was from Beyond the Grave, thanks to the Silphscope. Oh, shit. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I can, what, what that Marowak just said changed my life. I can never, nothing will ever be the same. It was, it was mind-blowing. Um, it's hard to even move on to this next segment, but we will, because we did actually have to battle that Marowak, which was really sad. Uh, we were able to prepare that interview, obviously, beforehand, thankfully. Um, but Marowak, we were able to help it go to rest. We were able to bring peace to, to Q-Bone's mom. Yes, definitely felt more of, like, give me a worthy death as opposed to, like, an antagonistic attack. Definitely. Like, I think she still had some unfinished business with the way that her escape from Team Rocket went. So having gone out on her own terms, I feel like definitely was good. Most definitely. Most definitely. And that was kind of a peaceful ending. I was happy to see because it was a it's a sad situation. That whole tower is kind of a sad situation. So having a little bit of a ounce of happiness at the end was nice. But speaking of those Team Rockets, we ran into some more they of these are dang rockets. Everywhere. They are literally yes. like little parasites that don't go anywhere. And these, there weren't many, thankfully. I think most of them were too scared. Now look at me being bold, calling them out as I was just scared of them. But <laughs> they were too scared to go in the ghost tower. So we Boo just made quick work. Like not even, didn't even break a sweat. I, he actually broke out uh, Nugget. His Pidgey was doing work a lot. Because, spoiler alert, Nugget learned wing attack finally has a flying move. So Bujus was very excited and it was just, he was flapping his little wings. Bujus is also a Philadelphia Eagles fan. which is weird because <laughs> American football and Canto, whatever it is. But either way, he's a big fan of just flapping his arms. So now he can just go like wing attack, wing attack, fly Eagles, fly. Da. And he'll just break into the song. It was wonderful. I was having a good time. The rocket grunts were not. But <laughs> making it through all that, we found Mr. Fuji. But Mr. Fuji was just like, oh, I had this shit handled. Bro, no, you didn't. You're old as hell. You had no Pokemon on you. What are you talking about? (laughs) Like, you're clearly being held here. Like, I don't know if you're just trying to front for these 10-year-olds, but, like, he's clearly not doing anything about his position, but also is just, like, straight chilling. Like, not doing anything. does not care at all that he has been kidnapped. He's talking about freeing Cubone's mom. Bro, we did that. And by we, it was Bujis, but I'm going to take credit anyway because you didn't see it. And, yeah, just so ungrateful for now. But he did take us back to his house, and we did get something kind of awesome. We got a Poke Flute, which is something that I never thought I'd have. I've always seen them, always wanted one, and it is amazing. Derek, I'm so happy to be on this journey with you as much as I am with our boys. It is. It brings me joy. I mean, it's just so cool. I'm not very music inclined, if you couldn't tell by our singing. But I've always <laughs> wanted to be able to play the poker flute, and it looks amazing. And I think Boo just might have a knack for it. He was trying to mess around with it a little bit. I heard some notes being played. Some hot cross buns. Oh, all about that hot cross buns. <laughs> what is it? Hot cross buns. Hot cross buns. Hot cross buns. We just like unlocked <laughs> unburied memory of all of our millennial listeners. <laughs> Get that recorder out now. Yeah, kids. I haven't heard that literally since I was in whatever that was, like kindergarten or first grade, or I don't know. Why didn't we was. all have to learn how to play the recorder? I have no idea. It was a weird <laughs> random instrument. Like you, oh uh, yeah, maybe because it was like the cheapest instrument possible. You could actually make people buy one. I don't know. We got the pocket flute, and we didn't take advantage of it just yet. I don't know about y'all, but there was a few other things we actually tackled before we kind of get to taking advantage of that pocket flute. Um, 
I was kind of biased. I was, again, pushing him. I wanted to go to Saffron City, so we went to Saffron City. <laughs> yeah, on the way back to Mr. Fuji's house, uh, Dino was kind of pressing him for information on the Rockets. Like, not really clear how long Mr. Fuji had been up there. Like, definitely, he was not at his house when we passed through last time, so clearly he's been up there for some time. Uh, so Dino actually was able to glean some information from the conversations that, uh, Mr. Fuji overheard whilst being held at the top of Pokemon Tower and knew that Saffron City and more specifically Silphco were, uh, sort of the next targets for Team Rocket. So he headed there as well. Interestingly enough, I mentioned Boo just being woefully unprepared in, in unshocking news. And when we went through to meet the guard, we gave him like literally a single bottle of water and he was like oh shit i'm gonna go share this with my friends you're good and now all the guards are good so i'm confused you talk about people not drinking enough water if one single bottle of water just like satiated the thirst of like seven guards y'all buy more water bottles and now for a quick word from our sponsors Hello there! Y'all are familiar with Silphco, the company that makes lots of money for things, but Silphscope is one of our greatest, greatest inventions. We've captured the different abilities of plasmatrons and neutrotrons in all the different dimensions of the world to create a Silphscope capable of seeing across dimensions and seeing otherworldly beings seeing real ghosts. Yo, dude, what's the kaleidoscope for? It's not a fucking kaleidoscope! It is an interdimensional vision thing that lets us see ghosts. An interdimensional... It looks like a kaleidoscope. It's not a kaleidoscope! Now back to our show. Let's go ahead and jump into Saffron, though, because there's... Again, Team Rocket is fucking everywhere. They are just little cockroaches on the floor of the city because they I think we can fully say this city is occupied. Yeah, 100%. And it's like it just shocks me because they are so inept and so dumb. If like an actual like smart criminal organization wanted to take over Kanto, they would 100% just own everything. Like they're even blocking the gym entrance, which I thought was fucked up. Like what? Like that you're not even profiting. Like it does nothing for you to not let this little 10-year-old fight a gym battle, which Well, and like, as previously discussed, everyone knows Sabrina is the strongest Pokemon gym leader. So, yeah. like, where is she? What is she yeah. doing? why is she not? This is true. Why, again, why is it up to 10-year-olds? You got gym... That's the thing is every city has a gym leader. So how do you not have your gym leaders? Are you just there to be pretty, basically? Like, just sit there and smile? Like, you can't... You're supposed to be this amazing trainer. You're not going to go stop this criminal organization. And they're not even that good. Like, this 10-year-old is literally wiping the floor with all their Pokemon. If you're really a gym leader, you should be able to do something about it. And they all have poison-type Pokemon. Like, Sabrina's the perfect yeah. person to take them on. This is ridiculous. We didn't ask for any of this, and that's all on our shoulders. Not a fan. So, we did. Be, we were able to do something. Oddly enough, they blocked the gym, but they didn't block the fighting dojo. I think they might have been, again, scared. They didn't want that smoke. So, we were <laughs> able to jump before we got to Sofco. We were able to go to the fighting dojo and actually go up against a bunch of different fighting pokemon and take on the fighting master which was super cool boo just loved the karate kid growing up so like this is and unfortunately he liked the the wrong one the new one not the real one <laughs> but either way he was a big fan so it was cool to like see him all like getting all excited and and going through so this went well for boo just yeah boo just was boo just was in there kicking ass and he 
like for most things, he, he got a song stuck in his head, and because it was a fighting gym. Are you familiar with the Three Six Mafia song, It's a Fight? Probably not. Oh, this a, is me we're talking about. It is about. a wonderful piece of music. So Bujis was just in there just like, it's a fight, it's a fight, head busting, head busting, it's a fight. It's and That's the only words he knew. So he just kept yelling that over and over again. I think he might have annoyed the, the dojo people to death because they were just sick of this little kid. They're like, bro, you are flying around with your bird Pokemon, wing attacking the crap out of our fighting Pokemon, singing the same seven words over and over I think at one point they might have just started throwing the battles to get him out of there. Yeah, so not the same experience for Dino. <laughs> what happened? Um, so Dino has, at this point on his team, two Pokemon that are uh, strong against fighting types. He has Tarot 2, his Pidgeotto, Nosefly, as previously discussed, and he has a Hypno, Nose Confusion, also super effective. And so Dino's, like, rolling through these trainers. I guess they're not technically gym trainers, but he's, like, rolling through. You know, they've got, like, low to mid-30 level Pokemon. And he's, like, no problem, whatever. Like, Tarot 2 is level 30. Pachycephalosaurus's Hypno is level 32. Like, doing fine, keeping up, whatever. So Dino doesn't think anything of this you know, goes into the battle with the fighting dojo, who leads off with a fucking level 37 Hitmonlee, and Dino had his level 30 Tarot 2 out and was like, oh man, I am not prepared for this. (laughs) So he tries to use Fly, Hitmonlee gets in a rolling kick before he can get off the ground, takes him down to uh, 25 hit points in one hit, and now... Tarot 2 is in the air, and he can't pull him out of the battle, right? Oh, no. So, in the next round, the Hitmonlee is faster, so it goes first again. So, you know, at least Tarot 2 is in the air, so he doesn't get hit, except Hitmonlee doesn't use an attack move. It uses Meditate, which increases its attack. Ooh. And this is, like, the first competent trainer that Dino has come across, and he's like, oh, my God. (laughs) Like, this... Hitmonlee almost just took out Tarot 2 in one hit, and now that Hitmonlee's attack is even stronger. So Dino's like, okay, I don't think Rolling Kick has uh, 100% accuracy. Like, I'm going to use the one Hyper Potion I have, which, yes, folks, Dino has been cruising through this journey so far, and apparently just has not stocked up on healing items, Mm -hmm. despite literally being in the Celadon department store, like, 45 (laughs) minutes earlier. Yes. So... He uses his Hyper Potion on Tarot 2, which was, like, the dumbest move ever. Tarot 2 is, like, the weakest Pokemon on his team. Um, And immediately Hitmonlee uses Meditate a second time. Uh, Uses Fly again. Literally the same thing happens again. Hitmonlee uses Rolling Kick. Tarot 2 takes the hit before he gets in the air. And then Hitmonlee uses Meditate a second time. And at this point, Dino's like, oh, man. I'm pretty sure this Hitmonlee can, like, one-hit KO all of my Pokemon. Oh, no. So he puts out uh, Pachycephalosaurus, his Hypno, which is level 32, on the swap-in hit, takes down Pachycephalosaurus with one rolling kick from 107 hit points to 28. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yes. So then Tina's like, all right, we got to just put in, like whoever has the highest defense like 
honestly, at this point, it doesn't matter. So he puts in his Raptor, his Sand Slash, because he's got a really solid defense. He knows Slash, which is almost a guaranteed critical hit. Like, let's just try and do some damage here. Nope. Swaps in uh, Raptor, takes him down from 94 hit points to 17 oh, in my- one hit. Oh, so no. So things are looking very, very bad. Not looking great. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So luckily... As we discussed last week, Dino spent a bunch of time power leveling his Vulpix to level 35. Yeah. So it would learn Flamethrower before he evolved it into a Ninetales. Hmm. So he puts in Stegosaurus, his Ninetales. Um, one hit takes it from uh, 105 hit points to 65 hit points, which is like slightly above half. So Dino's like, all right, I know I can take at least one more hit as long as it's not, you know, a critical hit. So Dino uses the next turn as an opportunity to use Confuse Ray, is faster than the Hitmonlee, confuses it, it attacks itself, almost takes itself out in one hit, and then Stegosaurus uses a quick attack to finish it off. Oh no, that is... Like, it was bad. That is scary. It was bad. Um, That is scary. And then Hitmonchan we still had to deal with, but uh, Dino just did the same thing, left Stegosaurus in, used Confuse Ray... And uh, flamethrower, I think, to take out a hit on Chan, and it also didn't land a hit. So, oh my god, <laughs> that is that is insane. Yeah, I was did not realize because you had actually texted me actually because you had been with Dino before Bujis. Bu- Dino's always kind of a step or two ahead of Bujis, so you had actually let me know that he had a hard time. Like, watch out for Bujis, you know, make sure he's careful. And it was I was shocked by how smooth it went between the between Nugget his Pidgeotto. Um, he threw in a little bit of Rattata, and even using a good little mix of his Charmeleon in there, yeah, didn't have much trouble at all. Now, Bujis, all, you know, disclaimer, is always stocked up on Super Potions. So, between battles, he was definitely healing everybody up, but that's scary. Yeah, we got, thankfully, Bujis was able to get throughout, you know, through there pretty unhurt, and was able to, most important part, despite the drama you just went through, Hitmonlee or Hitmonchan. He opted for neither. He did not make a choice. He just left because he was so panicked. He just left. Oh, damn. No, so uh, Boo just also really likes uh, Mortal Mortal Kombat and likes Liu Kang. So he went after Hitmonlee right away. He was like, ooh, I got to get. He named him Liu Kang. Even though he can't use him, he still wanted to bring him on the team, let him hang out in the Pokebox. I think it's safe to say that Dino would have selected Hitmonchan if only because Hitmonlee is now like, uh, source of trauma for him <laughs> understandable wow yeah that was i didn't expect that that's kind of crazy well thankfully he was able to make it through it un unscathed basically like it was beat up but not having any pokemon die which was important um yes and this prompted him to go do some power leveling which i will save you the long ass description of and just say that uh everyone before they went into Silphco got up to level 37 or higher oh and oh. uh, as previously discussed, Weeping Bell evolved into Victory Bell, Pidgeotto evolved into Pidgeot, Wartortle evolved into Blastoise. We already had Ninetales. We already had Hypno. Who am I forgetting? Oh, Sandslash. Yeah, Sandslash already was there. So Wow. You know, the squad hasn't changed for Bugis at all. He did some leveling. He wasn't quite that high in levels by the time he got to Silvco, but wow. You know what? Let's call it close to today's episode there we have a lot of stuff to talk about in Silphco, that confusing ass maze of a building with all the little teleporty pads and so many so many people that are basically prisoners that trapped by team rocket 
there's a lot going on there. We're going to save that for the next episode. But there's so much coming up because in addition to Silvco, we have Sabrina, who is one of the most terrifying gym trainers that these kids are ever going to face Like from so many perspectives. Snorlax is coming up, which we're both very excited about. <laughs> cycling road this is stuff is going down we're really getting to the climax of these kids journeys and it's getting very very exciting so tons and tons of stuff to come but yes this has been pokemon radio with your host Derek and sessie on professor oaks nuzlocke talk sessie hit him with the socials if you're on twitter or instagram you can follow us at pokemon radio pod uh to check in with our trainers throughout the week uh you know <laughs> See if Dino has any more close calls in the near future. Uh, And uh, stick with us for these episodes where you get the weekly roundup. This show is made possible by support for your Goldrod Public Radio subscription from listeners like you. Always remember, gotta catch them. Only the first Pokemon you encounter. Pokemon! I can't believe he bailed for a soccer game. Do people still care about soccer? Not not that I was aware of. Will we get banned from Europe for saying that? Probably. Probably.